Welcome to Talks at GS, where leading thinkers share insights and ideas shaping the world. Welcome to Talks at GS. I'm happy to be joined by my friend Michael Dell, Chairman and Chief Executive Officer of Dell Technologies. So Michael, thank you for being here. So let's, let's, start, let's start a little bit with just leadership and, um, and the last few months and leading through a crisis, you've led both your employees and your clients around the globe during a time when technology in our lives has become more important than ever and has really done a lot to connect us in different ways and accelerate a variety of trends. What have these past few months taught you about the importance of leadership and how is this moment compared to previous challenges you faced during your career when, when leadership was really required the way it is right now? Well, first of all, you know, there, there's no playbook for this. And uh, I think we've learned uh, quickly that you know, team members and clients crave connection. And so you've got to listen and be visible, be compassionate, obviously lead from the front, over-communicate, tell them what you know, tell them what you don't know. I think we've always known that what we do matters and technology you know, makes a big difference in, in kind of powering and running the world. And in 2020, we've got sort of this glimpse of the future and uh, we're not gonna go back to the way it was. And you know, the question we've constantly been asking ourselves is how do we increase our relevance to our customers and help them during this crisis? And while there is certainly uh, economic tragedy and, and loss of life, there's also another story about how so much was able to be continued. And I think 2020 will be a year of great accelerations actually in some uh, key technology trends, you know, a secure distributed workforce, uh, you know, as, as we're seeing an acceleration in digital products and services that was already underway and new applications at the edge, I think are just going to explode. And, uh, you know, for our team, I'm super proud of the way our team and our leaders have responded. And we just uh, annually, we do a survey internally, we call Tell Dell, and we had our highest scores ever. And through all of this, our, our team, even though they're kind of physically separated, uh, they never felt more together or prouder of the impact that we have in the world. When you, when you talk about that acceleration, Michael, if we went back and you and I were talking on January 1st this year, the beginning of the year, and we were looking ahead, and you think about some of the things that have happened, have we accelerated by a couple of years? Have we accelerated by five years? You know, how would you, if, if you were looking through the lens that you had in January and you're saying, I think we'd see the following things over X period of time, how much acceleration has there been because of this crisis? You know, we, I, I think many companies told us that they, they took what they were gonna do in two or three years and they did it in two or three months. Mm -hmm. And partly because they had to, they had no choice. And it was the only way they, they could get run, up, up and running. I didn't hear, uh, you know, haven't heard from a lot of companies that say, you know, we just couldn't operate remotely. It, it, was, it was too hard, too difficult, right? Everybody kind of figured it out and adapted. Obviously there are businesses that where 
you can't operate unless you're physically uh, there. But it's 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 amazing how quickly the, the world adapted. So, yeah, I think I think it has sped up a lot of processes that were underway, and uh, again, it's it's kind of uh, you know we we had set up uh, over a decade ago to enable remote work, and it was part of our culture. Uh, a, a lot of organizations might have said, well, we don't really like that. Everybody's got to be in the office, right? <laughs> uh, I think, I think we, we've all learned that you can actually accomplish quite, quite a lot uh, remotely. And, and uh, I, think, I think, again, uh, it's, it's just, it's just going to accelerate the, 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 the trends that have already been underway. We've all been faced with tough questions around racial equity. You've talked about the need for more progress to be made when it comes to diversity in the tech industry. How have you been focusing on that goal for your people? And do you have a set of specific steps or actions you think the tech industry needs to take more broadly? We do. I think first, first we have to, to listen uh, and, and understand and, and learn, but we also have to take action. And, you know, at, at Dell, we have every decade set ESG goals for ourselves. And a year ago, we set aggressive goals for 2030. And in our company, you know, what gets measured gets done. And you know, we, we track these things uh, quite, quite, quite religiously. So, you know, and look, I think uh, companies like yours and ours can create opportunities and be a very powerful force for good in the world. So we've, under the theme of standing strong together, focused on four things. First is making sure that we've created a truly inclusive culture with a kind of passion and innovation uh, energy that we would apply to everything that we do. The second is improving access to technology and education and economic opportunities. Uh, the third is providing ongoing community support to solve racial inequities. And the fourth are very specific actions to better source and develop diverse talent. And we're making progress, but not fast enough. Uh, we're listening, we're having great conversations on a consistent basis. And look, we, we believe diversity is power. Diversity is also an opportunity to grow our company and access new customers, expand our workforce, and you know, ultimately, it's, it's kind of how we win and win in the right way. It's, um, Dell has always been on kind of the leading edge of societal change. And you've talked a lot about societal change. You've said that previous generations had to do well before they did good, whereas this generation just wants to do good. How do you think about social responsibility when you think about your brand at Dell? Well, you know, when when your name is on the product, it kind of focuses the mind, <laughs> and you, you know, you you think pretty deeply about well, what happens after the product has served its useful life. Uh, and I, I can tell you, you know, I kind of lay, lay awake at night you know, uh, thinking about those things. So for decades, we have led on, you know, recycling, circular supply chain, transparency. 
of our supply chain. And I'll just say, I think we were doing it before it was cool. And, you know, we've always tried to think well ahead of any rules or regulations. And again, we set ambitious goals for ourselves uh, a decade ago with what we called our legacy of good 2020. And we just retired those and achieved many of those goals ahead of schedule. And, you know, we just unveiled our new, uh, you know, social impact, so, social impact moonshot goals that we call Progress Made Real 2030. And we don't know how to do many or even most of those things, but that's actually the point. It stretches us and causes us to innovate and think about how we can do things differently. And just as, you know, there's been this enormous rise in sustainable, you know, and responsible impact investing, our customers and our team members care about this now more than ever before, which is, is great to see. Let's, uh, let's shift, because you touched on it earlier, the accelerating digital transformation that we, you know, we touched on. Years ago, you said technology about, is about enabling human potential. How has that evolved as we sit here today and you've got great insight into where technology is going? How has that evolved as we sit here today versus when you first said that? Well, the impact continues to amaze me and, and it continues to grow. And you know, we've always been about this culture of, of optimism and a belief that technology amplifies human potential and it, you know, people are at the center of, of what we do. And look, I think we're seeing this rapid emergence of a connected and intelligent world where all the physical objects are becoming instrumented, connected, and digitized. And you know, 5G is about connecting things, 4G was about connecting people. And if you think you have lots of data now, right? You know, you'll have a thousand times more you know, in, in, in a few years. And so the combination of 5G, AI, IoT all reinforce each other and I think are going to enable us to do more than we've ever imagined. And so in this kind of digitally transformed world, you know, the greatest opportunity is how do we put all this data to work to help the most people? And it's a generational opportunity with the rollout of 5G to go a long way to kind of leveling the playing field uh, from everything, you know, from, from healthcare to education to access to opportunities. And this is, this is why we exist as a company to bring all this data uh, to life to solve the greatest challenges that are out there. How should we be thinking about how we invest in technologies that will continue to drive that innovation and growth in the years ahead? I think, I think companies have to you know, reimagine themselves and uh, kind of uh, you know, imagine yourself a few years in the future and uh, with all these technologies that are rapidly evolving and how do you reinvent your business in a digital age? And uh, you know, uh, companies that don't do that, uh, they're, they're going to have a difficult time, right? Um, but um, it's, it's incredibly enabling uh, for, for, for companies that, that embrace it. And of course, we see this huge ecosystem of venture capital and new companies being created all the time. Um, and, and, you know, that's, that's a, a, 
an incredibly vibrant part of the economy. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you, you touched on data and how um, we're all continuing to use that data to improve whatever we're trying to do. What are the greatest opportunities that you see coming out of the crisis, both in terms of using data across industries, but also using data in terms of the overall digital transformation that we're experiencing? Yes, again, so, so you know, it's all these physical objects becoming instrumented and connected and digitized, and ultimately they represent this enormous stream of digital data, right? And it's, it's our houses, it's the buildings where we work, uh, though we, we may be working at home right now, uh, the cars we drive, the clothes we wear, our bodies, our whole world, that's the digital transformation. And we believe that that tsunami of data holds the power to advance humanity. And, you know, 90% uh, of the world's data has been created in the last 18 months. That's actually been true for a long time. So, the, you know, the, the, the quantum of data uh, is just tremendous. And with 5G, you know, it just accelerates. And, uh, you know, the, the challenge is not simply just putting the technology in people's hands. You've got to, uh, make that data useful and, uh, you know, bring it to help uh, improve the outcomes and the results and the success in every human endeavor. How do you, can you talk a little bit, you know, in the context of some of the trade-offs with that around privacy and how, you know, you think about or frame some of the debate about some of the privacy issues that are created as we're all gathering and using all this data? Yeah, I think privacy and, and, and security both are enormous issues. And look, um, you know, on the, on, on the privacy front, I mean, uh, you know, one of the things that, that you don't hear so, so much, you know, if, if there is absolute privacy, effectively people are anonymous. And, um, that's not really very secure. So um, I think we've all recognized that uh, we have to be willing to uh, give up some of our privacy to be uh, completely secure. Um, and at the same time, there's a lot of work going on in the IT industry to build security into these systems intrinsically I mean, historically, it's been a, a series of bolt-ons, like you put 100 locks on your door, or 100 coats of armor. That's not going to work, right? We have to build it in to the systems and make them uh, in, in, intrinsically far more secure. And that's that's what we've we you know we've we've been focused on. But but uh, you know, these last few months, the hackers have been relentless. They've been exploiting all the human fears and anxieties about COVID. And, uh, you know, there's, there's, there's no limits to the, to the criminal mind when it comes to hacking. And, and uh, you know, the, as the attack surface uh, widens, you know, again, as everything becomes connected and intelligent, uh, the opportunities for mischief just increase. So we've got to be, uh, you know, ever vigilant to protect 
protect uh, you know critical data and infrastructure. Yeah. What's going on with VMware, and what was announced just this week? So last week we filed a 13D disclosing that we're exploring a potential spinoff of Dell Technologies' 81% ownership in VMware to our Dell Technology shareholders. So to be clear, we're not selling VMware as some uh, in the media kind of got wrong. Rather, we're exploring to spin it out to our Dell Technology shareholders. And so for our customers, no change to our strategy and the ongoing alliance that we've had, which has been a huge growth driver for VMware and created the leading company in multi-cloud infrastructure. And if we do proceed with this, you know, I'll remain the chairman of both companies and the largest shareholder of both companies. I also wanted to ask you about, Michael, what you've called digital inequality. Um, for decades, you know, you've focused on expanding opportunities for children growing up in urban poverty. How are you thinking about the future of those communities hardest hit by the pandemic? And how can technology continue to enhance those communities in the future? Yes, well, you know, I, th I think the pandemic has exposed and kind of exacerbated the cracks in our society. And if you think about this idea of digital inequality, it's a, it's a broader topic, but it deals with gaps in access to technology, but also skills and infrastructure, education, healthcare, and all of these things fuel economic and social inequality. And you know, as the economy advances, it becomes more specialized. You know, fewer people can do the most valuable jobs. And without specific intervention, the advance of technology is likely to create more separation in outcomes, not less. I mean, who, who can program the robots, right? <laughs> You're not going to have everybody programming robots. So it just highlights the importance of STEM education and all of our collective diversity and inclusion efforts, as well as the importance of 5G to bring high quality access, uh, you know, and, and broadband, particularly to underserved parts of, of this country and around the world plus the need for investment capital. Right. And, um, you know, uh, those, are, those are some thoughts there. Certainly, as it relates to the pandemic specifically, our, our family foundation has been pretty focused on that. And we saw early on that, you know, the same communities that we typically support were the, were the ones that were most impacted by the pandemic, and you know, to help with that and the the, the economic fallout, we we dedicated a hundred million dollars to support relief and recovery efforts around the world. And uh, look, I think I think uh, we've all got to play a role here to help you know, kind of kind of get through this this short term fight that we have. But this this broader topic of digital inequality is one that we need to think deeply about because uh, you know, the, the future is not going to uh, uh, wait, right? It's, it's, it's just gonna go faster and faster. If you think it's going fast now, right? It's just gonna accelerate. And, and so we, we need to be thinking about how we uh, address some of these digital inequalities that, that exist in the world. Yeah, there's, there's, there's no question. I think that's very well said. The pandemic definitely you know, amplifies or shines more of a light on the cracks 
and the unfairness um, in our society. And, uh, and it's going to be important that we continue to work on that. And technology just accelerates that like everything else. And so for sure, a big focus. I just, I, I wanted to ask you, is there, is there a great piece of advice that you've received over the last few months during this challenging time? Well, like, uh, you know, you, you and I compared notes and you know, we, we, I think we were all comparing, you know, uh, strategies with other leaders during this time. And, and the first response was pretty obvious, right? It was the safety of our team, supporting our customers, our communities, you know, ensuring our companies were positioned well to come out of this stronger. Early on, you know, we, we focused not just on defense, but also on offense, right? Uh, how could we not let a good crisis go to waste? And how could we accelerate our strategic plans uh, you know, that, that, we, that we were planning to do in, in any case over the next couple of years, bring them in faster. I'll, I'm happy to say that, um, you know, I'm, I'm very pleased with how quickly our, our customers and our teams have adapted and, you know, innovated and been innovative and, and, you know, been able to kind of deal with the uncertainty. The uncertainty is the highest of any, uh, level that, that any of us have seen. Um, and I'm optimistic. You probably don't start a company if you're not optimistic. And it's also just a, a better way to, to, to live your life. Um, we're all uh, learning as we, as we go through this together. And I think, you know, a simple principle is always put people first. And if we keep putting people first, I think our world's going to emerge stronger from, from the crisis. You know, thank you for just giving everybody at the firm here an opportunity to spend some time with you. So I really appreciate it, Michael. Um, it's really nice of you to do this. Great to be with you, David. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you so much. Thanks and have a great day. This podcast was recorded on July 21st, 2020. This podcast should not be copied, distributed, published, or reproduced in whole or in part or disclosed by any recipient to any other person. The information contained in this podcast does not constitute a recommendation from any Goldman Sachs entity to the recipient. Neither Goldman Sachs nor any of its affiliates makes any representation or warranty, express or implied, as to the accuracy or completeness of the statements or any information contained in this podcast and any liability, therefore, including in respect of direct, indirect, or consequential loss or damage, is expressly disclaimed. The views expressed in this podcast are not necessarily those of Goldman Sachs, and Goldman Sachs is not providing any financial, economic, legal, accounting, or tax advice or recommendations in this podcast. In addition, the receipt of this podcast by any recipient is not to be taken as constituting the giving of investment advice by Goldman Sachs to that recipient, nor to constitute such person a client of any Goldman Sachs entity.